Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Hope at Crossroads. We're here to serve you in any way that we can. For more information about our resources or our church, you can check out hope at crossroads.org. Online, you can find access to other resources like devotionals and study books. Thanks again for joining us. And now let's start this week's message. Amen. Can you guys sing that chorus with us one more time? sing man ah wow we're all emotional this morning it's been a long week but it's been a great week hebrews take your bible let's do that that'll get me focused here turn to hebrews we're going to continue our study this morning uh hebrews chapter four which on this sunday before freedom day july 4th independence day i know we have folks gone and maybe you're planning on celebrating i'm looking forward to our uh, our luncheon today, some people have said, you've lost weight. Well, you know, when it's 110 degrees and you're hiking three miles, you lose weight. Uh, and um, I did, but I got a feeling at lunchtime today, I'm going to gain some back. So if you're visiting with us, you are welcome to stay. After our small group time, we'll be back in this room to have lunch uh, together today. So I'm looking forward to that. Hebrews chapter 4, uh, we are going to... Uh, Start in just a moment with verse 12, and you will know if you've been here the last few weeks that there are many times in uh, the letter of Hebrews where the author says several times, therefore, therefore, which means in light of everything that he has said so far, and we get to chapter 4 and he said a lot, last week we talk about resting, that we rest in the grace of God, it's not any uh, work or righteousness that we have that makes us be able to stand before uh, Christ holy. It's His work. And then he gets down to, after he talks about resting, he gets to chapter 4, verse 12, and here's what he says. For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even in dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all of creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid before the eyes of Him to whom we must give account. And then he kind of tags the chapter. I encourage you to look at this uh, on your own study time. He tags the chapter and goes into the next chapter, at least the way we have divided it with our modern day translations of the Bible, uh, talking about being a high priest. And he gets at the end of chapter 5, and it's almost like this thought continues about the power of God's Word. And he says this, chapter 5, verse number 11. We have much to say about this, but it's hard to explain because you're slow to learn. In fact, by this time, you ought to be teachers... You need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's Word all over again. You need milk, 
not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness, but solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. This morning I thought in light of uh, this special holiday that's coming, we would talk about where we need to focus uh, our allegiance and our attention. And if you've got the outline on the back of your handout, uh, the first point would be our allegiance to the Word. Why should we give our allegiance to the Word of God? Well, the writer tells us right there in the end of chapter 4, verse 12, because the Word of God is living and active, it is powerful. God's Word is powerful. It is amazing whether you're in the Dominican Republic, whether you're in the United States of America, whether you're in Malawi, no matter where you are, when you see and you hear people who know God's Word and they have been transformed by it, you're reminded at how powerful God's Word is. It is living. It is active. And it can do an incredible work in our lives as believers. The catch is we have to know it. And it has to be in us and working through us. It's powerful. But the other thing that I see here in this, these verses at the end of chapter 4 is it is piercing. It is piercing. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates, dividing soul and spirit, joint and marrow. Everything, he says, is uncovered and laid before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. I was thinking about that piercing and vulnerable uh, last week and uh, thinking about other uh, international mission trips that I've been on. And uh, by the way, you might remember in January, one of our challenges uh, as a staff to you guys and us as a church family, part of our vision for the future is that before uh, the end of 2024, 50% of our congregation will have gone on an international trip. So if you have not done that yet, uh, take this as your personal invitation. You say, Jack, I don't, do, you, do we have to go out of the country to, for God to work? No, no. But you'll see a lot of things in different cultures that will remind you, we serve a God that's not just God of the United States of America. He is God of all creation, the entire planet, the, all the galaxies, every country, every nation. He is God. And if you're interested in going... You can talk to some of these who share today, because trust me, they have, they're loaded for bear. They have lots more stories they can share, uh, even though they all went over two minutes. Did you notice? <laughs> it was great. It was great. Thank you, guys. But I was reminded of some of the trips I've been on. I was reminded of, of being in uh, Brazil on a trip to share with some teenagers that were all teenagers of missionaries uh, from some of our Baptist missionaries, and we were there... And uh, I don't think that, uh, I, say, I say we were at this camp, I'm not even sure it would qualify as a camp. Uh, it was more like a compound, more like a jungle, uh, I'm not even sure you, what you would call the lodging. It was rustic, it was rustic, very rustic. And I, I remember uh, them saying, we don't really have any uh, shower facilities per se, but if you decide that you need to take a shower, there's the river, of course, or we were on the northern coast, you can go, you know, hike a mile or so and get to the ocean, or right over there is this uh, concrete block wall with a pipe 
sticking out of it that has a little knob you can turn and water will come out of that and you can just stand right there and take a shower. That's what I said. I'm looking over there and it's like there's, there's, there's no walls, there's no, there's no trees, there's no foliage, there's nothing over there. Uh, but they were respectful if they knew that that's where you were going. I was like 22, 23 when I was on that trip. And they were respectful. They knew if you were going over there to take a shower, everybody went in the other direction because, you know, they didn't, they didn't want to see. And so I remember standing out under that after about the third day, I couldn't handle my own stench. I'm like, I got to do something. And just thinking, wow, this is the most vulnerable I think I've ever been in my entire life. I'm standing here uh, in front of God and everyone uh, with this water trickling off of this pipe trying to clean myself. Uh, as scary as that imagery is for you, I'm sure it's scary for me still. The reality is when you allow the spotlight of God's word to shine on you, that's how vulnerable you and I actually are. The reality is most of our culture, even some people inside the church, uh, don't really want to know too much about God's Word because the more you know about God's Word, the more vulnerable and naked you will realize you stand before a holy God. Because nothing is hidden from Him. He sees everything. And the power of His Word is revealing. We realize we can't hide it. God's Word is piercing and it allows us to recognize how much we stand in need of him the the second thing i see here though especially when you get to the verses in chapter five is the purpose of god's word you know i remember as as a young person wondering why do i need to read god's word what's what what's the big deal why do i need to be it why do i need to memorize it why do i need to study it why do i need to read it oh my gosh we don't have enough time this morning for me to tell you all the reasons that we should do that the writer here is, is actually challenging the people that he's writing to, saying, if you actually knew more of God's Word, you knew more of who you are in Christ, you knew more of the truth of who God is, then you would actually be teaching that and sharing that with other people. We have some incredible Bible teachers in this church. Phenomenal Bible teachers, small group teachers, Sunday school teachers. The reason that I encourage you to be in a Sunday school class or a small group is because the little bit of teaching that you may get on Sunday morning in a corporate service like this is nowhere near enough to help you get what God has for you. It's a gift of God to you, His Word, to help you grow. And that is the purpose of the Word, to help you grow. The first thing I see there is it sustains our spiritual life. He says, in fact... Though by this time you should be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's Word. You need milk, not solid food. He uses that analogy because God's Word is a sustainer of spiritual life. I was thinking about all the things that God's Word is to us. One of the things that He says is it's, it's food for the soul. God's Word is like the bread of life. Anybody need a hamburger bun for the barbecue coming? God's Word is the bread of life. We, we eat it because it sustains us and it fills us up and it helps us grow. And we have to move from the milk of God's Word to the 
food and the bread and the deepness of God's Word in order to grow. He's, he's using a, a physical analogy there almost as if to say, you know, when you were a baby, you drunk from a baby bottle. But as you got older, how ridiculous it would look. I think I've shared this before. If we all walked in here 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years old and we were all sick, sucking on uh, milk bottles, it would look pretty funny. People would tap us on the shoulder and say, excuse me, did you hit your head on the way to church this morning? Are you okay? But spiritually, that's what some believers do. And if you are not, and I am not growing spiritually, and I'm not at a point, if I've been a Christian for 10, 20, 30 years, and I'm still feeding on the milk of God's Word, and not the bread, not the heavy meat, the steak of God's Word, the heaviness of God's Word, then I'm not growing. I'm not growing. And God wants us to grow. He wants us to sustain our spiritual lives. Another way that He can sustain us, though, is pretty incredible. I, I love this right here. They've probably been looking, at, looking for it in the kitchen. I sold it. I'll, I'll take it back, I promise. This little ultra dishwashing liquid. It's a name brand right there, and the church is saving money. That's not even Dawn. That's just the ultra brand. That's the generic brand. It says, tough on grease. And one of the things that God's Word will do for us, if we will allow it to do it for us, is it will cleanse us. And David says this in Psalm 119. He says, I hide God's Word in my heart so that it will keep me from sin. It will keep me clean. And that's one of the things that God's Word will do. It's living. It's active. It's powerful. And the writer is saying, why don't you take advantage of what the Word of God will do for you? It will cleanse you and help you follow God's Word and follow His way. It's like soap. It's like soap. It's also, though, it's like, kind of gives direction. I don't know if you've taken advantage to see some of these things. They're on the back wall back there, but we have some, some maps, some legends, some schematics, I guess you would say, some, some plans of what the building will all look like when it's over out here. And that plan, that guide map, that road map, is so that when it's finished, we will have something to do. We'll, have, we'll know what the process is to get where we're going. Some people stumble through life because they never go to God's Word to find direction. And yet that's another gift of God's Word is to help us be able to discern our way and find our way. Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. That's another thing that we can use God's Word for. Have you ever been walking around in the dark trying to find your way and you... You're looking and you're trying to... God's Word's a light. God's Word is a roadmap. God's Word is the soap that cleanses our soul. God's Word is the bread that we can feast upon. It's the living water that we need. But God's Word is also something else. Now, this is not a Snuggie. And don't make fun of me. Some of you men have one of these at home. I know who you are. This is the one you can put your arms in, you know, and you can sit on the sofa... And my wife has been kind of making fun of me because especially when I get back from the Dominican Republic, like I walked into the house last night and I thought she was hanging meat. It was about 70 degrees and my body's going, having culture shock. I mean, when you've been at 105, I'm like, what in the world is going on? Thank the Lord, about midnight, the dog came and jumped in the bed and laid on top of me. I'm like, finally, I can, I can quit shaking. I can quit shaking. I mean, it's crazy. The Word of God is... Like a blanket, though. God's Word comforts us. It's a counselor. 
when we're fearful, when we're scared, when we don't know what to do, when we're wondering, when we're just afraid of what God has in our life or what's coming at us, what the world is throwing at us, all of a sudden we can go to God's Word and it's just like, oh, oh. But we got to read it. we got to know it. If we don't read it and we don't know it, then it's not able to bring us comfort. When we delight in God's Word, it becomes a rich source of counsel and guidance for us. It's also a source of strength. If you go back and you look at Psalm 119, if you want to flip over that way, one of the greatest psalms that talks about all the incredible ways that God's Word is such a gift to us and the way it can transform us and help us. One of the things that David says in that psalm, Psalm 119, verse 28. I couldn't find it. I looked for it this morning. I know when we talked about the armor of God, we had that sword. And David says it this way, Psalm 119, verse 28. My soul is weary with sorrow. Strengthen me, Lord, according to... To your word. God's word is a source of strength. It is a source of comfort. It is a source of hope. It is a source of guidance. It is a source of cleansing. It is a source of food. It is a source of sustenance. That is what we need to sustain our spiritual life. It imparts life to us. It is a continual source of life. And it illuminates us. Our path. It guides us. So many things it does. God's Word gives peace to us. If you'll remember when we studied the book of John, Jesus Himself said this. He is the eternal person. He said this of Himself. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, right? The Word is God. The living Word, Jesus Himself. When we are, when we are engaging in the Word of God, we are engaging in relationship and communication with Jesus. That's why it's so important. Hearing God's Word is essential to eternal life. You and I, if we claim to be a follower of Jesus, church, hear me. I'm preaching to myself this morning. If you and I claim to be a follower of Jesus, we cannot, cannot, cannot grow without the hearing of God's Word. It is impossible. You show me a mature believer and I will show you someone that has a very good knowledge of God's Word. Because that is what fertilizes our soul it's what stimulates our spiritual the people that he's writing to solid food he says at the end of verse 5 is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil paul says it this way in romans chapter 10 he says that hearing god's word builds your faith oh the stories that we could tell if we had time this morning i know it team that went to the Dominican, of seeing some of the incredible faith of some of the people down there who have absolutely nothing. While we're in here in this nice air-conditioned building this morning with lights and sound and screens and all this, there's a group of people meeting in a village called Paraiso, where we were there for Bible camp. They have ceiling fans. Thank God they have ceiling fans, but no air condition. And on a Sunday morning, Pastor Guillermo, who used to be a pimp, and God got a hold of his life and saved him, wound up marrying his wife that used to be a prostitute, and they're seeing God do some incredible things, saving people in that village. This morning, while we're here, they're gathering in that village with about 300 people. I bet it is like an easy-bake oven. But no one will be complaining. I'm sure people will be fanning. 
And I said to him this week, I said, how long do your Sunday services usually last? You don't want to know. (laughs) Oh, three hours, four, just depends. I was thinking last night as I was laying in the bed freezing holding that dog. (laughs) Wow, three or four hours in that kind of heat. Whoo, it's a way to lose some weight. Why would they do that? They do that because they know... They have realized, historically in their life, they have realized as they hear the Word of God and the Word of God brings faith into their life and they grow, they realize the cycle is I hear more of the Word of God and my faith grows because I then want to hear more of the Word of God and my faith grows. It's it's a cycle. It's a cycle. And I see some of those people there, many of which are heroes to me. Because they remind me that God's Word is the means to sanctification. That's a real spiritual, big theological word, which simply means God's Word is the key to us maturing spiritually. And if you remove that out of the equation, people stay immature spiritually. So thankful for the history of this church, for past pastors and small group of Sunday school teachers. I hope, I hope you realize... Our church is not perfect. Don't hear me say that. Some of you are visiting today. Our church is not perfect. But we have some great spiritual leaders in this church and some great Bible teachers. And I look around and you you see this too in media, social media, the news, and you see what's happening in some denominations and in some churches. And I will... I will promise you this, every time there looks like an immature situation happening, it's because people lack the knowledge of God's Word. Every single time it goes back to that. Every single time. So we have a hefty responsibility, and the writer here is saying, if you want to sustain your spiritual life, and you want to stimulate spiritual growth in your life, there's one secret formula. God's Word. It's not a secret. God's Word. I remember as a teenager talking to my student pastor at the time, and I was seeing some, some of the students in my peers in the youth group at the time who seemed to all of a sudden like somebody had injected them with spiritual Jesus juice because all of a sudden they just started growing and maturing. And a lot of us were not. And we see that happen in our group. We have a lot of folks in our student ministry, thankful for Heath's leadership, who, who lately I'm seeing all of a sudden are spiritually growing. You may tell you why. Because they're getting into God's Word. You cannot get into God's Word and not spiritually grow. And when we hold fast, Paul said it this way in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, when we hold fast, hold tight to the Word of God, It will also give us assurance of our salvation when those tough times come and the devil likes to play mind games with us and say, well, you really really didn't mean that when you walked the aisle at church. You really didn't mean that at at Somersault. You you really didn't mean that when you had that experience in the Dominican and I spoke to you and you made that commitment. When we hear those voices, we can rest assured because of what God's Word says about us that we are tightly held in His hands. So this morning... Just a simple question that I asked myself this week. How much, am I, how much am I in this book? How much do I love this book? When I was thinking about that, this was on a, a trip a few years ago. Uh, in a village, actually in the Dominican Republic. Our team 
uh, rode into that village. They had just had a huge fire. Somebody had been up reading at night by candlelight. Their candle had fallen over, caught their little hut on fire, and it basically swept and took out the whole village. About a hundred houses all burned to the ground. And there's a crowd of people just standing there outside on the gravel watching as the smoke is rising. A few people were kind of walking through the dust and the ashes trying to find some things. One lady, probably grandmother, is sitting in this metal chair that has been burned somewhat. It's crooked. She's sitting there in the middle of what used to be her house in the ashes. And she's got a few little pieces of paper that I can't even make out what they are. And she's clutching them and she's holding them close to her heart and she's just doing this. And our team walked up and uh, I'm going to ask you guys as a church family to do something. And that is to hold me accountable. I have a new goal. Okay, I'm going on record. You hold me accountable. The next year, I want to learn Spanish fluently. If anybody in here knows Spanish, I'm asking you to help. I'm serious. I'm not kidding. I don't want to go over there anymore and just try to piecemeal stuff together with Spanglish. I do it, and God's good, and the human eyes can talk to each other, believe it or not, without even knowing the language. You don't have to know the language to go to another country. Don't hear me say that. I'm just saying for me, that's my conviction. Because I remember seeing this lady, and I was trying to figure out what she was saying, and I had to lean over and ask the interpreter, what is she saying? As she was clutching her chest and just tapping the pieces of burnt paper that she had, and he said to me, he said, what she is clutching onto are the remaining pieces of her Bible. And what she's saying is, importante, 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 important, importante. I've got probably 15, 16 copies of God's Word. Different translations, versions, Greek, Hebrew, I think I even have a Chinese Bible. I have no, no, I don't speak Chinese. I have no idea why I have a Chinese Bible. The Word of God is important. We cannot do without it. So I don't know how God's speaking to you this morning or what He's kind of prompted your heart. Maybe it's to spend more time in, in His Word. Maybe it's to grow in His Word to the point such that you might be a person next year in 2024 that comes to our nominating team or one of the staff and says, you know what, God's been moving on my heart. I actually need to be teaching. Folks, Lord willing, if our church continues to grow, we're going to need more people to teach the Word of God. Some of our faithful teachers who have been doing that have been doing that for years and years and years and years. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you're one of those people who have been doing that. So I don't know how the Lord's speaking to you this morning about this book that we call the Holy Bible. But whatever he's saying to you, would you respond in obedience this morning? Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for today. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you that it is living and active. Lord, thank you for the reminder of that. Why even, why even open the Bible on Sunday morning? Why not read from the New York Times? Or why not read a Charles Dickens novel? Or why, why do we read from God's Word? Because it's living and active. It's powerful. It pierces through our soul. It can cleanse us. It can guide us. It can comfort us. It can give us strength. It can give us direction. 
But the, the key is we have to know it, we have to live it, we have to be in it. Lord, forgive me. For days sometimes it slip by, get busy, my head hits the pillow and I'm like, wow, I totally missed the opportunity to spend time with God today. Lord, I know your forgiveness is there. I thank you for that, that we can pick up the next day and say, okay, today help me. Lord, we have all kinds of tools at our disposal. We have podcasts and radio messages that we can listen to and media online that we can find to get into your word. Help us. Help us to be so hungry that we don't have to be like the writer just described, like babies who are dependent upon somebody else to feed us. Lord, help us to feed ourselves, to help us to grow, to teach each other, to encourage each other, to lean on each other. Thank you for the gift of your holy word that is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. That keeps us from sinning. That assures us of our salvation. We thank you for that today. As you're praying this morning, our students are going to lead us in just a minute in the song that we sung just a little while ago. Mighty to save. And maybe this morning you'd say, you know what, I don't know... The Word, I don't even know the God of the Word. I don't know Jesus. And this morning, if you find yourself in that position, that's okay. You're at the right place. I'm so glad you're here. Maybe this morning you'd say, I need to know Christ. And so, my friend Heath will be standing here in just a moment. I'll be here. I just invite you in just a moment. As the students begin to sing, you just slip out of the row and come grab our hand. And say, you know what? I need to know Jesus today. Maybe you'd say this morning, I need to know His Word more today. I'm committing to get into God's Word more. If that's the prayer of your heart, you can let us know. You can tell the Lord that right there where you're at in your seat. You can come to the front and pray. Spend some time and just let the Lord know what's on your heart. Whatever God's leading you to do this morning. I pray you would obey what he's asking you to do in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with us this morning? Our students are going to lead us. If you need to respond to the, how the Lord's spoken to you this morning, I pray you do that as we're here waiting for you this morning. Let's sing together. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Hope at Crossroads. We're so glad that you joined us for the message today. If Pastor Jack or any of our team can serve you, please reach out to us. You can send us an email at jack at hope at crossroads.org or by visiting our website. We would be most grateful to know where you are listening because we have people all over the world listening to our podcast. You can send us a message through our website. We would appreciate your prayers for us as we are in the midst of a building campaign to reach more children and families in our local community in Greenville County, South Carolina. If you would like to help, you can always make your gift online at our website, hope at crossroads.org. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Hope at Crossroads.